Last Saturday in Fresno, the Cougars lost more than just the game. He's got his hands to his face, and what a night and what a season for Tanner Mangum. Oh, guys, the way he's acting, it looks serious to him. He's in a lot of pain. That chest is heaving up and down. He's on his back, timeout on the field. With a new quarterback under center, BYU is in Las Vegas tonight, renewing an old conference rivalry against the UNLV Rebels. They're on a roll, too. For us, we just got to find a way to win. You know, just make it all work on Friday. With only three games remaining in the season, the Cougars aren't looking ahead to next year. It's all about winning in Vegas. Number one, we got to win. We're going to go play to win. It's not seniors are done and we're going to go play all the young guys. We're going to go try to win the game. It's time to count you down to kickoff. BYU versus UNLV on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Live coverage of BYU football begins with the Cougar Countdown Show. The Countdown Show is brought to you by Ken Garf Nissan, Honda, and Volkswagen. Proud sponsors of BYU and the Cougar community. We hear Cougs. Now let's join your host, Jason Shepard. Good evening, BYU fans. Welcome into the Cougar Countdown Show. Tonight, BYU is in Las Vegas taking on the UNLV Rebels. BYU, by the way, never lost in Vegas when facing UNLV. All-time 8-0, looking to make it 9-0 tonight. And with only three games remaining in the season, the Cougars are looking to rebound after last weekend's loss on the road at Fresno State. I am in our BYU Radio studios in Provo, Utah. Joining me now from legendary Sam Boyd Stadium is the one and only Mark Lyons. Good evening, Mark. Good evening there, Shep. What do you say, my man? You know what? I'm ready for some football. I love the fact that we've got a Friday night. We've got some football. And uh, usually, now usually, I will say, good things happen when BYU plays UNLV in Vegas. Yeah, that's right. Uh, They've been very successful here. Uh, Surprisingly, BYU's been really good in the two upset losses to UNLV in Provo. But uh, UNLV has never been able to top BYU here. And that's one of the cries that they're making this week. There's a lot of pub in the newspapers and on the street that uh, this is the year that UNLV is going to get rid of that eight-loss streak to BYU here at the Las Vegas Stadium. Well, we shall see. But, Mark, as if the season for BYU needed more to make it difficult, Tanner Mangum lost for the year with an Achilles injury. We're still waiting to hear exactly who the quarterback will be for BYU tonight. What does the loss of Tanner mean for the Cougars? Well, I think it's significant. Uh, I think that uh, certainly he is more polished than the other players right now, and he also uh, seemed to have things going from the second. Well, let's go to the fourth quarter against East Carolina. From then on, when they kind of changed their attitude and uh, let everybody go and kind of played the game, I thought Tanner did a pretty good job in being able to uh, move the football and get the points on the board, San Jose in particular. But uh, disappointing loss to Fresno State. Would have liked to have one more chance for him to take that team down the field, but uh, didn't get that. As you heard in the opens heading into the broadcast, this is all about winning the game tonight. That's what the coaches, that's what the players are focused on, is winning the game tonight. But I'm going to put the decision mark in your hands. Okay. It's, it's your decision who you are going to start at quarterback. Now, I'm not going to ask you who, but oh. how much of the decision on who plays quarterback would depend on winning the game tonight? And how much would be with an eye towards next season? Where where are you putting the percentages on, on what you're, you're weighing more heavily? <laughs> now, you're asking a player and a coach, and... Uh, <laughs> 
that they're almost implying it's okay to lose. And uh, no, that no, doesn't no, no. ever enter into this scenario. Uh, no, you, you are definitely making the attempt to win this football game to the point that there, there's a possibility that uh, Cody Wilstead is going to play. And here you are in the, where, the 10th game of the season, and you're going to take a red shirt off a kid that's been sitting out. So for three games left this year, you're going to give up a red shirt opportunity to have him for four more. But uh, it's already happened to Joe Critchlow, and uh, so I, I think that certainly that's going to be – I think you need more quarterbacks right now. The way they're dying out there, you've got to have more people ready to go. So uh, definitely – you have to win this football game. There's, I think there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Next season is a long way away. You aren't going to get a guy ready to go beat. Who do we open with? Uh, Arizona. Yeah, you aren't going to get anybody, thanks for that, uh, to go beat Arizona because of how he plays tonight. That's for sure. So uh, you are in this game to win, and uh, it's got to happen. It's just got to happen, and it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be tough. Are you going down the Herm Edwards road of you play to win the game? That's ultimately what it is. You play to win the game. I, I, I think that's definitely, exactly what you're saying, Mark. Yeah, uh, that's that's it completely, and and I'm that is uh, Jason. That's my number one first look tonight at this Ooh. BYU team, is to see if they're in that same mode. If their head is right, thinking I'm going to go out and do everything I can tonight to win this football game. I'm going to play the best game I've played so far this year, because. Uh, uh, a lot of people say, you know, there's no reason to play. Uh, you know, just mail it in from this point out. <clears throat> if you're a player, you got to play every game. There's no way you ever go into a game thinking, eh, I'm going to go tank this one. Uh, it's got to be, as a competitor, you've got to go out there and play every down, every play. And, and I don't think they've been getting that. Let's focus on UNLV tonight, uh, or right now. They've won two in a row. They're 4-5 and five with a chance at bowl eligibility with two more victories. They need two out of the next three. Yeah. What do you expect from the Rebels tonight? Yeah, I think they're going to be jacked up. I think that uh, they are going to uh, – It's everything goes tonight for them. Uh, so I think they're going to put an awful lot of pressure on the whoever the quarterback is going to be. I think they're going to come with a lot of different looks to try and challenge whoever that person is because uh, whoever it is is different than Tanner Mangum. And so it's going to be a little bit more of a, you know, uh, let's get after him. Second part of that is, man, they run the ball really well, and they've got a back that just carries people. He's a little kid. Their offensive line is so confident. Uh, I, I'm really impressed. So I watched them play Fresno on the, you know, the tape today, and they come up to the line, and they stand kind of big and tall and act like I'm a he-man, and they point out who's gonna, who they're going to block, and it's kind of pointing like, yeah, this is, I'm getting you. So they're a confident bunch of guys. I was pretty impressed. So BYU's got to get rid of that run game, and then if they force them to throw, yeah, they're not bad there either. Offensively, UNLV's good. You already mentioned that ultimately – the goal for tonight is to win the game. Absolutely. But with three games remaining in the season, besides the wins, what else do you want to see out of this team before this yeah, year is what, done? Well, I, I would like to see an improvement in the pass secondary. That would be good uh, to see that they are able to defend the pass a little bit more, particularly on third and six, seven, and eight. That's where they've just given up so many completions to allow teams to keep drives alive. So if they could break up some of those and get the opponent off the field and help their offense by getting a better field, 
then I think that uh, would be one thing. Uh, tackling, I think, is also a possibility. I'd like to see uh, see that that back doesn't drag him an extra two and three yards every time he packs it in there. So offense, uh, defensively, I, I think I want to see some change over there. Now, offensively, obviously, you want to see big plays. You want to see third down conversions. And you want to see touchdowns in the red zone. So all of those things are, you know, that's the offense that you want every week. But uh, BYU has struggled in those three areas. Mark's in Vegas. I'm in Provo. Coming up next, we'll talk with Russ Langer. He calls the action for the UNLV Rebels. He'll join us next. This is the Cougar Countdown Show. And it continues next on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to the Cougar Countdown Show. Jason Shepard and Mark Lyons with you. We are also uh, expected to be joined by Russ Langer coming up in just a few minutes, getting you ready for BYU and UNLV. And, Mark, BYU playing at UNLV or just in Vegas in general, it's not necessarily something that uh, that is is uh, too rare. It happens quite often. What's some of your memories of some of the games, oh, man. Of some of the experiences yeah. for BYU in Vegas? Well, that Oregon State game where it was just blowing so hard and it was cold. It was a bowl game, and uh, BYU did a great job in uh, winning that football game. It was a toss-up game, and BYU was ready to play, and Oregon State wasn't. But I just remember that wind. Oh, man, it was cold, and just really it was a hurricane. Uh, I remember... uh, the Wyoming Championship game was played here, and uh, the WAC Championship uh, with Wyoming, and uh, so was the one with Air Force. Both of those were played here, and so uh, those were two memorable games where BYU was able to win a championship and win the WAC by beating those two teams. Um, the thing the that's crowds. kind of interesting about it, uh, Jason, is that it's not going to happen very often ever again. This, I mean, th- this could be my last trip to get that Italian sausage at that restaurant that uh, <laughs> I was talking about earlier because UNLV is not on the schedule for a long time. And uh, the bowl game, it's not likely that BYU is going to end up in that Mountain West position again. So uh, it's not likely that BYU will be back here again. One thing that's been evident every time the Cougars have played down there is the fan support. And it's not just from fans in the, you know, in the state of Utah that are traveling oh, yeah. to Vegas. It's that. But there is a huge contingency of Cougar fans uh, down in the Vegas area. So they are always well represented. How many Cougar fans do you see in the stadium at this point? Uh, Or have they let anybody in yet? No, they haven't. But I was talking to a guy on the plane. I happened to sit next to him. And so he's part of 200 people. They're called fanatics. And they are BYU supporters. And uh, they they bought a block of tickets here for this game. Uh, One of my old teammates lives uh, down in the L.A. area. And he's got 10 of his family coming up here today. So uh, you're right. There's going to be a lot of uh, people that are going to be representing BYU. And uh, I I think that... uh, Well, we'll have a chance to ask Russ in just a second about uh, how the crowds have been and the support has been from UNLV. Are you on the air, though? I mean, Russ, go ahead and talk, and let's see if I can hear anything. Oh, man. I don't know what button to push. 
Jason, help me out. Here. Yeah, uh, I'm, unfortunately, I'm in Provo there, Mark. Uh, oh, okay. I can't see All right, uh, well. what, what needs to happen. All right. But we, we have Russ, but uh, but we can't hear Russ right now. Uh, definitely one of the things that I want to ask him, and, and Mark, while we're waiting, i just kind of get your take on this. The story of Johnny Stanton's pretty cool. Former quarterback, committed to Nebraska, um, ends up getting hurt, comes to UNLV. He plays on the defensive side of the football. He says when, the, when UNLV is in need of a quarterback, he tries out. Says I can do this, wins the job, and they're two and zero with Johnny Stanton at quarterback. It's actually a really cool story. Yeah, I agree that uh, he's quite a player. He's a great athlete. You know, you know that he already is. But uh, the fact that they needed him at quarterback, and he's played quarterback before, and he steps out there and does a great job. Do we have Russ yet? I think we got. Still not five, four, three, oh, there two. We there we go. Hey, Hello. sorry. We I, know if I, I knew if I counted long enough, we'd get something going here. <laughs> I hate Russ to invite Langer, you yes. over and then not have anything for you. <laughs> well, it's, it's always good to be in the other booth, see the, uh, how the other side sees things. Well, Russ, we were just talking about the story that is Johnny Stanton. That's a really cool story. What, give everybody kind of an idea of, of how this has all played out for him. Because this, I mean, to be able to go from what he's done, position switches from both sides of the football, and now 2-0, that's pretty cool. It is very cool. In fact, uh, it, what's interesting is he did start, as some fans may know, the first four games of last year and looked pretty good. He got injured in the UCLA game, but did. Uh, he's a big guy. He runs 235, 230 pounds um, and runs decently for a guy that size. So he's not the easiest guy to tackle, and he's got a pretty good arm, an often pretty accurate arm. So, uh, yeah, he, he's really run the gamut. I mean, he was the quarterback, then he was injured, and then missed most of the rest of the year with that injury. Uh, and then with coming into this year with Armani Rogers being the main man as a freshman, a redshirt freshman coming in and starting the first several games, uh, Johnny was on the sidelines. And a couple of times they needed relief for Armani Rogers. Kurt Palandek, who's also a senior, he's from Illinois, uh, he came off the bench. So, so Johnny Stanton, just to give you a glimpse of the competitive nature of him, as you mentioned, he has his roots with Nebraska, took some snaps with the Cornhuskers. But he wanted to play so badly that he became a, a guy who played linebacker because of his size. He was able to get in there, make some tackles, and do some disrupting, which is very positive for the Rebels. And the other thing that he did, he went on special teams. He blocked a punt That's against right. San Jose That's State right. earlier this year. So this guy can block punts. He can make tackles. He can run with the ball. He can throw the ball. He could probably change your oil if you needed to. So he's been an all-purpose, a real all-purpose guy for this team. Yeah, that is kind of interesting when you look at his quarterback line, and he's got uh, probably recovered a fumble or something also. But uh, now I was asking the question, what kind of support are you getting right now? You know, UNLV is on the cusp of changing and being in a bowl game this year. And uh, has that added to the interest, or is it still a scramble? It's still a scramble. I think that uh, it is starting to add to the interest because the Rebels, it's funny that the Rebels call Las Vegas home because the Rebels have been like a slot machine this year. They're like a machine. You go into the casino, you sit at the machine, you don't do too well for a while, and all of a sudden, but if you stay with it long enough, maybe you win a little bit. Is that and the, the secret? And the Rebels are doing it well. Listen, I don't, know if, I don't know what the secret is. We're going to get dangerous right there. But I will tell you this. Uh, the Rebels, that's what the Rebels have been. The Rebels stubbed their toe. They lost that first game against Howard when they were tremendous fa yeah. favorites by six touchdowns, somehow lost the game. Uh, and then they, they had a 20 27-point lead at Air Force uh, and then lost that game.
that game. And they, there was a ball at one point, there was a fumble that was right around the Air Force one-yard line. All one of the Rebel receivers did was fall on it, and the Rebels win the game. He elected to try to scoop oh. it and go in, and Air Force got it when he couldn't secure it. It's been that type of first six, seven games for the Rebels. They had uh, some other games that they lost. Again, Utah State, they had a 14-point lead. That was the game where Armani Rogers got injured, and Kurt Palandek played the second half. And unfortunately for him and for the program, didn't get things on track. But lately, now with Stanton, all of a sudden, he's taken out of mothballs as far as quarterbacking is concerned and played very well. A huge upset win at Fresno State, which is never yeah. easy. Yeah. And then the win here last week over Hawaii. So uh, in a roundabout answer to your question, the fans are starting to respond some because of the recent success and tonight I expect with it with a nice night and what I understand uh, a lot of advanced ticket sales and they should have a decent walk up tonight also uh, we should have a very good crowd here tonight Russ Langer the play-by-play voice of the UNLV Rebels joining us here on the Cougar Countdown show when you look at the Rebel offense the certainly the number that pops out is the rushing numbers the offense for the Rebels is fantastic running on the ground Lexington Thomas has been absolutely fantastic on the other side, though, defensively, this team has struggled to stop the run. How big of an issue has that been? Oh, it's been a big issue, but it's funny because it's been mostly in the second half of games. Uh, the Rebels have been right there, even in the games that they've lost. They've been right, except for the Ohio State game, and you, can, sure. you can't hate them for, yeah. for getting beaten badly by the Buckeyes. But even the Buc- there was some of the Buckeyes who, who looked at film and said, we're going to shut them out, and the Rebels still scored 21 points against them. But um, it's been the biggest problem for the Rebels stopping the run has been the second half of most of these games where there have been some success. Uh, against the Rebels in the first half, and they simply get gassed, and they simply get worn out, worn down by the second half. You could see it in the body language. They're breathing heavily. Their hands are on their hips. They can see it all over the slumped shoulders. But again, the last two games... They have kept it together for all four quarters. And uh, the big question tonight is, can they do that again against the Cougars? Tony Sanchez, a very successful coach at uh, Bishop Gorman. And uh, a very, you know, most football people know it's quite a powerhouse football program. And uh, he steps into the second level now, his third year. How's he doing? He's doing very well. He, he uh, started off, of course, like any new coach. You try to get uh, a few years under your belt to get your own recruits, get everybody buying into the system. That That's starting to happen a little more now because one thing about Tony Sanchez, despite the early struggles the team has had in the first month and a half of the season, he has not panicked and his staff has not panicked. They've kept the messaging the same and the team has has just kept it up and kept it up to some of the younger players now who are freshmen early on. Really, this is game 10. They're really not yeah. freshmen anymore. Right. They're playing a lot better and as more as a cohesive unit. And so he's in a p- position now where uh, he's got as many wins as he had last year. If they win uh, tonight, they'll have be at 5-5. Five and five. Um, And then they've got two road games, one at New Mexico and one at Reno to uh, round out as they try to get to a bowl game. Russ, great stuff. Thank you so much for your time and have a good call tonight. Oh, we appreciate it very much. Thanks for having me. You bet. Thank you. Russ Langer, the play-by-play voice of the UNLV Rebels. Coming up next, you're going to hear from Kalani Satake and Trajan Peely in Cougar Cuts. This is the Cougar Countdown Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back, Cougar fans. It is the Cougar Countdown Show. Jason Shepard and Mark Lyons getting you ready for BYU and UNLV. It's time for our Cougar Cut segment. 
And, Mark, whether a team is winning or losing, one way to judge that team is to see if they're improving as the year goes on. And head coach Kalani Satake was asked if he's seeing improvement in the Cougars. For me, not good enough. You know, I mean, I, I think that they, uh, there are a lot of factors that go into it and us improving as a team, and but uh, it's not good enough. Otherwise, we'd be winning. And I'm sure, Mark, hearing that doesn't surprise you. I mean, that ultimately, yeah. that's the goal. It's all about the W. Absolutely. And, and the part that's difficult is that BYU was behind at the start of the season. I think that they all felt that they were comfortable, they were ready to go out and play, and uh, when they first got into that first game, they found out, oh man, we're not where we thought we were. They were behind. Now, uh, as, as you go through the season, and everybody makes regular progress as you go through the season, you have to make up the part that you're behind in order to catch up where everybody else is just getting a little bit better. And that's the part that hasn't happened. BYU hasn't made that big jump in any of these weeks so far this season to make an impressive improvement. The coaching staff announced this week it was an open competition for the starting quarterback spot. Tanner Mangum done for the year with an Achilles injury. Kalani Sataki mentioned that Bo Hodge, Joe Critchlow, and Cody Wilstead are all in the mix. And as for what the criteria is in determining who the starting quarterback will be, Coach Sataki says it all comes down to one thing competition and then seeing who who gets us the best position to score points and that is production you know for us there's some guys that haven't really had their shot you know we'll see if, if they deserve it and how well they they do leading the offense you know but that can be established this week we felt really comfortable with joe and his progress that he's made along the way and same thing goes for cody he just hasn't been able to get on the field a lot of stuff factors into it who's, who's ready to be the guy and, and um, who's going to take it and do they have to compete for it that's that's not just that position there's a lot of positions that competition is always open that happens to be the status that we're at with that, that, that position right now. Mark, you said it comes down to production. Who's the guy that's going to produce for us? Yep, that's the that's the key there. And, uh, you know, uh, Cody Wilstead has been running the scout team all year, so he gets a lot of reps every night at practice. So he should be, you know, pretty comfortable with being able to play quarterback. It's just that he hasn't been running BYU stuff. He's running the opponent. Uh, Joe Critchlow has gotten a lot of increased snaps because of uh, Tanner's difficulties. And, you know, the fact that it looks as though they've just taken Coy out of the Coy Detmer out of that competition right. since his name wasn't mentioned at all. So, uh, yeah. And if Hodge is healthy, I think Hodge gets probably the nod. But uh, we'll just have to see if he's ready to play. Yeah, Greg Rubel is probably, as we speak, uh, getting his pregame interview with uh, head coach Kalani Satake. And Greg will join us in about 20 minutes. Hopefully we'll obviously have uh, some some news on who Coach Satake and Coach Detmer have decided to go with at starting quarterback. So stay tuned. Again, uh, that interview with Greg coming up in about 20 minutes. Now, as we were talking about earlier in the show, the biggest issue that BYU will face against UNLV is slowing down the Rebels' rushing attack. And Trajan Peely talked about the importance of the Cougar front seven doing their job. Tough up front. Front seven really just shutting it down. We, we want them to pass. We want, we want to be able to rush the quarterback, crush the pocket. So it all starts up front, really, with the, the front seven, the 4D line, and the three linebackers. It's, it's up to us, honestly, to stop the run. And, Mark, I mean, that, that really is going to be the key. If BYU can somehow slow down this fantastic rushing attack that UNLV will put on the field tonight, boy, that'll go a long way in getting a win tonight. 
Yeah, I'll say. Uh, and the, the thing that's really hard, so you have a hard time. You know, there are run blitzes, and if you get to the point where you're not able to stop with your normal defense, just reading and coming up and making the play, you can run run blitzes. But UNLV does such a good job of also running the fly sweep and they're running outside. This back is uh, really good at uh, seeing if everything's kind of cut off at that tackle spot where he's supposed to go and bouncing it out an extra man and having the quickness to get to the edge and outrun that uh, contained guy. So uh, it's, it's kind of a challenge to not put everybody in the middle to make sure you make the stop on the run. You also have to watch the edges. Coming up next is the segment Sweeping the Nation. We like to call it Ask Lions. If you have a question for Mark Lions, you can tweet me at JSN Shep. Don't forget, always use the hashtag Ask Lions. That's A-S-K-L-Y-O-N-S. That's coming up next. You're listening to the Cougar Countdown Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back into the Cougar Countdown Show. My name is Jason Shepard. I'm in our BYU Radio Studios in Provo. Mark Lyons joining me from Sam Boyd Stadium in Las Vegas, Nevada, where tonight BYU will be taking on the UNLV Rebels. Before we get to ask Lyons, let's quickly pause 10 seconds for station identification. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. KBYU FM, HD2, Provo. You're listening to Cougar Sports on BYU Radio. All right, welcome back into the Cougar Countdown Show. It's time for our Ask Lions segment. We've got questions from Cougar fans. Mark, it is your opportunity to answer those questions. Our first one, coming in from Zach from Pleasant Grove. Uh, Zach says, and this is actually something that, uh, that we talked about in Cougar Cuts. It was asked uh, to head coach Kalani Sataki in terms of improvements. Uh, Zach wants to know, what improvements have you seen from this BYU team oh. this year? What have I seen? Uh, well... I think when uh, they kind of took the wraps off the pass game, uh, I thought everything opened up much better. It still didn't get, you know, the, the, there were just a, too many times that Tanner was throwing the ball into the ground. If without those passes into the ground, I would have said that the pass game really picked it up. They did a much better job against uh, in the fourth quarter against East Carolina and against San Jose. Uh, and I thought it was decent enough against uh, Fresno State. But uh, no consistency still. More is necessary. And uh, we'll see what Joe can do or Cody or the three-headed monster. Uh, next question, Bailey and Farmington. Uh, we know that... As we've talked about, the quarterback competition uh, was opened up this week. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, Bo Hodge, Joe Critchlow, Cody Wilstead, all in the mix. We're still waiting to hear exactly who the starting quarterback will be tonight. But Bailey wants to know what exactly are the coaches looking for by opening this up? Yeah, I, and Kalani did answer that, so I'm going to go with uh, his answer is somebody that's productive. Now, when he says productive, uh, in practice, they move the football, so they go against the defense, and they don't just sit at the 45 and run all the plays from the 45. They run first and 10 markers. And so they want somebody that's going to keep those drives going, move the ball downfield, accurate on the long ball. I just think that they need to make more attempts to get a big play because they've been inconsistent in making first downs. You know, they make three, maybe four sometimes, but then they they die. And so I think they need that big play. So the productive part is the guy that gets it down there in scoring territory. 
All right, that's Ask Lions. Appreciate the uh, the questions coming in from Zach and Bailey. When we come back, my Shep Talk conversation with sophomore running back Austin Kofensis. The Cougar Countdown Show continues next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to the Cougar Countdown Show. Jason Shepard and Mark Lyons with you tonight. The Cougars taking on the UNLV Rebels. Now, this week's Shep Talk conversation is with BYU running back Austin Kofensis. As many know, Kofensis is one of the best quarterbacks to ever play in the state of Utah. He originally committed to Wisconsin out of high school, but moved around a few times before landing at BYU. He's a real fun guy to talk to. Here's Shep Talk with Austin Kofensis. All right, this is one of the first times that while doing a radio interview, I desperately wish that it was on camera because of the fantastic mustache that I am staring at right now. What is the inspiration behind such a glorious mustache? Well, let's see. So I was growing it out in the summer, and I've always had facial hair since I could grow it. And obviously when you come here, there's the rules you can't, you can't uh, grow facial hair unless you have a beard card. But I wanted to grow it out in the summer, but my pops just got remarried, and he's like, you can't have a mustache for my – because I was the best man. So he, for the pictures. Yeah, for yeah. the pictures. So he said I had to shave it. So I started it back then, and then during the bye week, I just picked it back up. I was like, might as well get a head start on November, no shave November. And I just kind of started there, and this is where I'm at now. So it's kind of curling a little bit, which is nice. We actually had somebody on BYU Sports Nation say that they believe you should be the quarterback specifically so they could see that mustache. <laughs> all the time well uh, <laughs> I can't argue with that I don't know, to, I don't know that's a good rationale for you that, yeah, that's exactly. fine all right so let's just for, from a personal standpoint how has this year been for you personally I mean I think we're all in the same boat to be honest we, we are, we're all going through adversity as a team right now just growing pains and to be honest I'm actually proud of what the team is overcome just because even though we've had some setbacks no one's given up and you can see that in the locker room you can see that out in practice no one's really just thrown in the white towel everyone's continuing to work hard and go by each day and you know not just be like oh well, our season's pretty much over like we can't you know so yeah. everyone's working hard still everyone's trying to get through this together and no one's trying to be an individual and personally I just it's good to be able to see that because that means there's you know that people aren't just giving up and people are they still want it, and they still want to, to win, and they still want to come out here and get better each and every day, and they believe in each other and believe in you know the 10 other men next to you on the field. So it's good to be able to play next to such a great group of guys that are willing to put in the effort and not give up. When we've seen you on the field, most of it's been in that Wildcat formation. What have you thought about your role this season? Honestly, wherever the, the coach wants me or needs me, uh, I'll do whatever they, they want me. I played a little bit of running back last week as uh, – you know, some backs have been getting hurt, third down back, you know, getting out in some pass plays and doing some protections and stuff and getting some handoffs. So slowly been getting a little more uh, time, I guess you could say, as the weeks go on. But, yeah, that Wildcat package has been there since Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. That's when we put it in. And 
every time you get out there, it's it's nice to be able to have a package dedicated to yourself. But then again, you know, you also you got to do whatever the coaches tell you to do. And if they want you out in the wildcat, then go out there and do wildcat. And if they want you in the backfield, go to the backfield. So just kind of they want you to run through a brick wall, go run through a brick wall, right? So. That's kind of what my feelings towards that are, and of course I'm going to do it. I'm not going to say no to an opportunity to get on the field. Your story is is an, a very interesting one. Coming out of Jordan High School, it, you decided to go to Wisconsin, and everything seemed to be set in stone. Like, your future was kind of set, but then life happens and things change. What have the last couple of years been like for you? You could honestly say it's been a lot like you know this season. There's been a lot of setbacks and a lot of adversity, but it's a lot of life lessons that you learn going through this whole process. You know, yeah, a couple of colleges didn't work out, but that's not gonna set me back from not wanting to play football. That's the reason why I'm playing is because I love it. I'm not playing because I have to. I'm not playing because I need to. I just love the game of football. So I've had a couple setbacks, and you know, it's been rough to say the least, the past couple of years, but finally found a role to get on the field and play what I've been playing my whole life. So I think that's one of the main things that you just can't give up. That's something that, you know, my, my pops has told me, and just that's a life lesson in general. You know, there's a lot of – he's a businessman, so he said, you're going to walk to ten doors and you're going to get shut down nine times, but that one time – could be the the one time that you know you explode so you just kind of got to keep pushing inch by inch day by day and eventually something's going to come out of it so that's and I know I only got what your clock is five years of football so I mean why not when I look back I don't want to look back and be like man I wish I would have continue to play I'm mad that I stopped you know so kind of looking at it from that perspective and it's just another life lesson that you got to learn from. So now, you're not just a football player. I mean, you're an athlete, and it was probably a month, maybe six weeks ago, I saw that you had said that you're considering being on the BYU track team coming up in January. Is that still the plan? I've been talking with the coaches. I, I threw a little bit in high school. That's mm-hmm. why I threw the javelin. So I threw in high school, and then when I went up to Wisconsin, I like threw it in a couple of meets because it's during spring ball, so it's kind of tough. Yeah, I've been talking to the coaches, seeing if I could do that, and it's just to have fun, you know. To might might as well as it's another one of those. <laughs> something to do. Yeah, it's another one of those. Uh, you don't want to look back and be like, man, I could have thrown the jab. So, I just am taking advantage of that as well, and you get more gear, which is pretty sweet too. So, yeah, there's Can't nothing wrong, wrong with that. There's <laughs> nothing wrong with getting more gear. I wanted to ask. You obviously were were close and are close with with Tanner. How is the team handling? How is he handling? the news that he's, he's done for the year. That obviously, that meant, that's a horrible way to end your season. Yeah, that's tough. I got I follow him on Snap, so he just got his surgery yeah. yesterday and everything, and it's, he still looked like he was he's smiling, you know <laughs> how Tanner is. So, I mean, it's sad to see him go out that way, but, you know, now he's got a journey of recovery, and, you know, I hope the best for him moving forward. You know, that's all you can do right now, but it's just terrible that you could – the ref came off the field and said, I heard something snap, like, during the play. Mm-hmm. So that's just like – I don't know. To me, it was hard for me to even watch the play because you can kind of see it happen in film, so I had to look away. But it's just brutal that things happen like that in football. But, you know, you just got to keep plugging away and, you know, take rehab just like you're taking practice, you know, as a quarterback. So you just got to keep <laughs> keep working, and eventually he'll be healed and he'll be good to go. With three games to go, besides win, because obviously the goal is to win these last three games and head into the offseason on a high note, what is this team trying to accomplish over the last three games? Mostly just to continue to find our identity and to keep plugging away, you know. It doesn't, at this point in the season, yeah, the record may say that we're not doing too well but each and every week we're working on what we need to do you know getting back to the grindstone 
sharpening our craft. That's what we're, we're trying to do, and we got three more weeks left to do that. All right, Austin, final four. If you could only eat one cereal for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh, that'd be Captain Crunch. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's the peanut butter Captain Crunch or the regular one, but both of those are good. So. Not the crunch. See, because Crunch Berry is my jam. I could. I don't care that it just ruins the top of my mouth. I would eat that every day if I could. Yeah, Crunch Berry is good, but then like, I don't. If I have to eat it every day for the rest of my life, you have to. There's a bunch of different yeah. factors going in there. You got the milk, and yeah. you got so. I don't. I don't know. That's a tough one, but I'd say just Captain Crunch in general. My opinion of you has gone. I mean, it was high already. It has gone. I love Captain Crunch. Yeah. All right. Next question. Who's your favorite Disney character? Ooh, I, I guess you could say Donald, just because. My dad knows how to speak like Donald, so like he has that voice. So that's always in the back of my head when I when I watch a show with Donald in it. But then again, Goofy's another thing because I'm a goofy kid. Like I'm not I'm not very serious all the time. I'm always joking around. So one of those two, I guess I'd have to pick. I think Austin and I need to be best friends because my my answer is Donald. So so we're like two for two on this. Okay, this is going to be the interesting one. When they make your life story into a movie, which actor do you want to play you? I was actually kind of thinking about this. Uh, I don't know why, like a week ago or something, but I think one of the Franco brothers would be good. But then again, I heard I could see Dave over James. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, Dave. But then some people have told me a little bit of Zach Efron. Like when I grew up, I looked mm-hmm. like Zach Efron, but I don't know if I'd want Zach Efron <laughs> representing me. I like one of the Franco brothers. That's what I'd say. That's not bad at all. That is not bad. All right, last one. What is the best part about playing football for BYU? Honestly, the group of guys that I'm playing with. You know, everyone next to me is just a good dude, ready to put in work, not only on the field, but off the field. You know, service work. There's a ton of service work going on. Every day in the team room, there's someone getting in the front of the team, asking them, hey, we're going to go do this service project. We need a couple men. And, you know, it's always filled. There's never spots that are unopened. And playing next to a bunch of great dudes and different personalities, but we're all able to come together and for one, you know, one reason to play football. So... Austin, I really enjoyed this. Great stuff. Good luck against the Rebels. <laughs> Thank you. All right, that was uh, Austin Kofensis, this week's Shep Talk. And, Mark, there are so many things. First of all, like I said, he and I need to be best friends because a lot of his answers are, like, spot on with mine. I'm like, I found, like, a, you know, somebody that just we're on the same level right here. But I love the fact that he calls his dad Pops. I think that is so cool. He's like a throwback. He's an athletic kid. You know, he can do a lot of things. And, uh, and he, you know, it's good that he's getting this shot to be able to go out there and do it. I, I was impressed with his speed. So uh, as a quarterback, he's probably a better runner. But uh, uh, he certainly fills that spot out there. And uh, it's a spot that they don't have right now in the quarterback position. Because uh, I don't see Bo Hodge out there uh, during warm-ups. And Greg will be able to tell us more about uh, Bo Hodge probably when he's talked to Coach Kalani. The interesting thing about the whole offensive story and it's something you know most people knew this is a story that's been out there for a while but you know something that I had discussed with him was his journey to BYU this was certainly not the original plan yeah. <laughs> he was going he, he committed to Gary Anderson at Wisconsin and then with the coaching change it just wasn't a right fit so he decides to move on doesn't work there and, and ultimately he decides to come to BYU he you know and he said I, I've read quotes from him uh, he didn't say this in the interview, but I've read quotes for him that, you know, that in, in looking back on it, had, had he not committed to Wisconsin, BYU was actually a school that he thought was a pretty good fit for him. Uh-huh. But I, I loved his attitude that, you know what, you can't sit and dwell on what what what's happened in the past. It's all about making the most out of the opportunity that you have right now. 
Yeah, and he came from, you know, right now he's from Arizona Western College, and that was a good move for him also because uh, that allowed him to be eligible once he got to uh, the four-year school and so or to a Division One school. So that allowed him to be immediately eligible here at BYU. All right, that was our Shep Talk conversation this week with Austin Kofensis. Coming up, we're going to look ahead to Cougar pregame live, and we'll visit with the voice, Greg Rubel. Will we finally know who's starting at quarterback for the Cougars? We'll find out next. The Cougar Countdown Show continues after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to the Cougar Countdown Show. I'm Jason Shepard, joined by Mark Lyons. Coming up on Cougar Pregame Live in just a few minutes, Nate Mickle will join me for Nate's Notes. You're also going to hear from Tony Sanchez, the head coach at UNLV. That's all coming up in just a few minutes on Cougar Pregame Live. However, it's now time for our visit with the boys, sponsored by Harper's Homemade Bread, all natural, homemade fresh, homemade good. Joining us now, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. And Greg, I always look forward to these uh, these discussions there's always little nuggets of information that come out of these uh, but today there's a big nugget that a lot of cougar fans are waiting on uh, first and foremost hello and thank you for joining us second of all hello, you just Jason. spoke with kalani satake does byu have a starting quarterback tonight they do and uh, unfortunately most of the nuggets uh, that, that we've had to lead our conversations with have had to do with quarterbacks this yeah. year uh, and and so it is that uh, bo hodge will not be able to go tonight and uh, Joe Critchlow will take the first snap at quarterback this evening for BYU. Uh, Bo Hodge is injured and not cleared. That was from Kalani. So uh, Hodge not cleared to play, not able to go. It is Joe without Bo. And uh, Cody Willstead will be the number two. Coy Detmer will be the number three tonight at UNLV. With probably the Austin Kofensis uh, yeah, Wildcat still he, available. He's, he's taken a number of direct snaps this year, uh, Austin has, but he's yet to throw a pass. Yeah. So, of course, he was a prolific high school quarterback at Jordan running it and throwing it, but has not thrown a pass yet uh, in a BYU uniform. But, uh, you know, and then after that, I think we're going to go Micah Simon. I think we'll be yeah. <laughs> probably the number five tonight. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that, that's where we are uh, this evening. So, no bow, where a bow is a no go, uh, giving us a hodgepodge, if you will, at quarterback. <laughs> and it'll be a Joe Critchlow, and, you know, we can go back in the annals here. Mark, I'm fairly certain we've never called a game where the starter was a freshman and the backup was a freshman. True freshman. Now, they're both RMs, older guys, but it's true freshman starting, true freshman backing up. That means you've had some troubles yeah. uh, in the course of the season. That's what BYU's had this year. Absolutely, and everybody's trying to adjust to it, and it's uh, really a problem again tonight because tonight you need some offensive productivity in order to stay with this Rebel team, and so I think that's going to be a real challenge for whoever that is, but on the other side of this is that there's uh, 11 guys out there on the field, and you can't just say it's the quarterback that has to go win this game. He has to use all of his people. That's the way it has to be. And if there's one area about which Kalani feels good in this situation, it's that the, that the five up front have pretty much gone every snap this year almost. They've been unaffected by injury. The one area that BYU hasn't had to rotate a bunch of guys in and, and, and go to plan B and plan C and plan D is O-line. And so he said because the O-line is veteran and because the, the team kind of feels a more acute need now to really rally around the two young guys, we'll call them young, but they are RMs, uh, that, that, he, that he still believes the chance is there to do some things. He believes they've identified playmakers on offense, especially wide receiver, and that should assist. Now, they're not going to have uh, any running backs back that weren't 
available last week. So you're not looking at Ula, you're not looking at KJ. So you're still going with what you had last week, but the way Squally played last week, and Kalani hinted that they would see, uh, he would see, uh, maybe an increased workload tonight. Uh, and so um, you know, look for that. Ideally, Squally picks up where he left off last week and has a big game because he had a good three quarters last week, but didn't have any carries in the first yeah. quarter. Zero carries in the first quarter in an 84-yard rushing night, Jason. So if he were to be the guy from the get-go, uh, you know, maybe it's a, a, a better outcome by the end of the night. Uh, UNLV is a very good run football team, and BYU is a middling to poor football team by the numbers. We'll see if they can flip that around a little bit late in the season. See, and Greg, that's the thing that I, I find uh, interesting about this matchup in particular. Regardless of who ultimately was going to get the nod at quarterback, I really thought that if BYU could establish the run, and if we could see the same Squally Canada we saw last week tonight, that was where it's at. When you look at what UNLV is doing against the run defensively, that's where BYU will have opportunities tonight. Yeah, and, and if, for BYU to really be good, they're going to have to uh, move the chains on third downs by running the football. And, and their best third down runner has been Ula Tolutau, and he's just not been in the mix the last few weeks. And so, um, you know, Squally again showed good burst, and, and it's funny, he wasn't Maybe the knock on Squally uh, before this year and earlier this year was he was uh, he was tentative. Uh, he was kind of piecemealing things. And last week he was patient but not tentative. He yeah. let some things open up, but he wasn't uh, he wasn't at all skittish. And he exploded once once the hole developed. And so I, I, I thought we saw a different looking Squally Canada. I thought he ran as aggressively as we've ever seen him look. And it was an obvious thing to me that that was a, a, a different kind of running back last week. Well, Al Bakri got quite a few uh, snaps this last week, and he's he was also the first, he was the first quarterback. I mean, running he, back. Was, he was the running back in the first quarter. I mean, he was yeah. the first quarter sure. running back. And so he was the first quarter guy, and then it was kind of squally the rest of the way, and he was the more productive guy last week. And and he has a chance to pick up that yard in those tough yardage situations. And so, uh, and and Riley Bird, I'm just uh, hoping for the day where they let him turn him loose and uh, let him play a few snaps, and he can really do the job. Yep, Kalani said it's Riley, Squally, and Austin as the three tailbacks with El Bakri. It's both it's El Bakri squared at fullback. So it's Braden and Bracken will both occupy the fullback role. Again, no K.J. Hall. We already mentioned that. No K.J. Hall tonight. Uh, and Ula's just not been playing for a few weeks now. So uh, they're down and numbers uh, at running back, at quarterback, and so many other places on this team. D-line, not a lot going on there, but uh, a bigger body not available tonight to go. It would be Solomone Wolfgram. Solo is not available, but pretty much everyone else is. So 10 linemen to play those four spots. The linebacking crew is who they are right now. It's Fred Butch and Adam Pulsifer, and they've had no injuries really at safety or corner uh, in the last couple of weeks. So steady she goes there, but the backfield gets all of the attention, and it's, it's rookie quarterbacks and just enough running backs to keep things going. I said, uh, Greg, earlier on uh, BYU Sports Nation, I, I, the one thing that I expected tonight from the BYU offense, and now that we know that it's Joe Critchlow, I think it makes even more, uh, it's, it's probably more appropriate. I, I said I, I fully expect this the offense to be simplified but stay aggressive. Is that something that Kalani discussed at all about, hey, even though you know Critchlow has had limited time, that doesn't it's not going to change our mindset on wanting to be aggressive. Is that anything that he discussed? Uh, Kalani wants to swing a little more, and uh, I, I, I got it from uh, other places in the team as well that uh, the plan would be to see if they can use these two guys' strengths, that's Critchlow and Wilstead, to, to wing it a little bit. That's what they do well is throw it. Uh, you and 
MLB's quarterbacks, what they do well is run it. And, and it's really so it's a contrast in styles tonight between the two, between the four quarterbacks, because I think we're going to see uh, two play for UNLV. We may or may not see two play for BYU. Ideally, Joe Critchlow goes all the way and plays really well. But, uh, but, but Kalani said what they do best is throw it, and what UNLV's quarterbacks do best is run it. And so that'll, that'll be interesting tonight. But uh, they, they believe they've found playmakers, and although it's a windy night, and that will uh, maybe wreak havoc depending on the, time, the direction you're going, uh, the ball should be, be in the air quite a bit for BYU this evening. And the short throws that they put in last week against uh, Fresno and also against San Jose, those are certainly going to help the, those quarterbacks. When If uh, the, those defensive backs sit off a little bit, they're going to be able to make those quick screens and those hitch throws. And each time you complete one of those, it gives you a little more confidence that you can be able to throw the football anywhere. That's the, that's the scene from here, uh, Jason. All right, guys, we appreciate it. Uh, Greg, great stuff as always. We'll hear you coming up in just a few minutes. Your your full interview with the head coach of the BYU Cougars, Kalani Satake, yeah. coming up in just a little while. And just, and, uh, uh, yes. sorry, uh, Jason, uh, uh, just a, a, a uniform note. Uh, BYU for its third straight road game will be in traditional road togs. That is, they'll have the white jerseys and the blue pants. So all, all the Royal stuff and everything else got done early in the year, uh, and they look pretty much like they would always look when they come on the road. UNLV will be in black helmets, red jerseys, and black pants tonight. And the silver numbers, silver on red isn't the best for visibility, <laughs> but we can deal. We can deal with it. I, I prefer, you know, white on a dark and that kind of thing, or a dark on a light. But, you know, we'll, 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 we'll be okay with silver on red tonight for, for UNLV. Even in their black uniforms, they, they had a silver number on there. Man, those are tough. Yeah, they are tough. But, you know, hey, uh, first world broadcaster problems. Uh, <laughs> there so, we go, um, yes. We'll, 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 we'll get by. All right, Greg, thank you so much. Mark, thank you for uh, your uh, cooperation uh, and insight once again on the Cougar Countdown Show. We'll let both of you go, and uh, we'll transition into Cougar Pregame Live. That's coming up next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned into BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Our coverage continues with Cougar Pregame Live. He's going to go! Touchdown! Cougar Pre-Game Live is brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 25 years. Now let's join your host, Jason Shepard. Welcome into Cougar Pre-Game Live. Jason Shepard with you, the BYU Cougars, getting ready to face the UNLV Rebels in Sam Boyd Stadium. Coming up, you are going to hear from the head coach of UNLV, Tony Sanchez. But we start things off with Nate's Notes, brought to you by Nissan, proud supporter of college athletics. Learn more at ChooseNissan.com. Former Cougar, current sideline reporter Nate Mickle joins me. Nate, it's probably uh, always a pretty good thing for you to head back to Vegas, right? Yeah, this is this is uh, just a fun trip for me. You know, when I first started doing this broadcasting gig, we went to the same places every other year. And I love independence. <clears throat> I love visiting the new cities around the country. Uh, but it's good to return to a familiar place. So, you know, some people love Vegas. I'm one of those that love it. <clears throat> some people, like my wife, they hate Vegas. <laughs> but as I was thinking about this trip, I started thinking about all the amazing things that have happened here at Sam Boyd Stadium. So I thought we'd take a little trip down memory lane, Jason. I love it. I love it. We got Let's go. Uh, so 2005, that's my first time here in the stadium. And uh, we played a Cal Berkeley team. That was okay. They had some. Uh, they had a decent running back, Marshawn Lynch, and, a, and an average, above-average wide receiver, Deshaun Jackson. <laughs> Another good running back, Justin Forsett. That was the first bowl game that BYU had been to in a couple of years. So that was a cool experience. Came up short. But the next year, you know, you play Oregon here, the 2006 game. 
They got uh, Ed Dixon, tight end, Dennis Dixon, quarterback, running back named Jonathan Stewart, he, who rushed for uh, 25 yards that game. Mike Bellotti that game, remember coming out and saying, you know, this BYU team's middle of the pack in the pack. What was that? Uh, 10 at the time. Uh, 38-8. Nice little win here. So that, that was one of the cool moments here. Sam Boyd, next year, BYU playing UCLA. A rematch. They'd already played UCLA earlier in the season, if you remember. And uh, UCLA had that kicker, Kai Forbath. Yes. In that game, he kicked three field goals, two of them for more than 50 yards. Three seconds left. Lines up. Chip shot, 28-yarder. And who blocks it? Jason? Who I'm blocks dr- the field goal? Ethan. I, I, yes, Ethan. Mata-Mata-Mata. I can see him. I was just completely <laughs> blanking on his name. You could see the hand. You could see the big paw coming up, right? There's like there's a there's a photo of that that yeah. uh, I think he actually has that. I think wasn't that in the football offices a picture of that? Yeah. Didn't Bronco oh, yeah. give that to Ethan? Yes. And yeah, right here in the south end zone, big paw sticking up. Uh, what an amazing game that was. 2000. Let's see where we at. 2008, we skip right over that one. That was the Arizona game. Not much to talk about there. 21-31, BYU lost. But 2009, that was a fun one. Do you remember that one? That that, that was the game where it's blowing like 70 miles an hour here. (laughs) And BYU decides to receive the ball. And they don't score on the first drive, but they do score 14 points in the first quarter. Matt Bauman had a 34-yard fumble return. Here are the guys that scored that game. Harvey Younga with a touchdown. Matt Bauman. Dennis Pitta had a touchdown. Manasseh had a couple. Luke Ashworth had a TD. That was the 44-20 thrashing of the James and Jack Quiz. Is that how you said it? Jack Quiz Rogers. Jack Quiz Rogers. Jack Quiz Rogers. And then we go to 2014, down 35-0 at the end of the first quarter. We can skip over this one. We're fine. Uh, I mean, it was fun to it was fun to win the last three quarters. You know, that's one of those. Uh, <laughs> yeah, won the last three, seven, seven, 14 points that BYU scored in the last third, last three quarters, and that was the day that Kalani was announced the head coach. That's right. Uh, so, and actually, a lot what, of memories what, in another Vegas. thing about Vegas is during the 2013 season. I was actually living in Vegas. So my son Bennett was born in Vegas, just up, uh, let's see, just west here at St. Rose Hospital. All that to say, or have I already said, man, I love Vegas, and it's great to be back. Well, let's focus then on the news that we just found out a few moments ago. We've been waiting all week long to find out who BYU is going to start at quarterback. We now found out that the Cougars will go with Joe. Oh, Joe, Joe Critchlow getting his first career start tonight at UNLV. Uh, your thoughts? Yeah, smoke and shoeless Joe Critchlow. He's thrown 11 passes this season. He's completed six of them. Had a really good game against San Jose. Went three for four. Uh, two for four against Boise. One for three against Mississippi State. He did, he did throw a lot in high school. He attempted 683 passes, a high school uh, record. Uh, completed 415 of them, so he's right around that 63%. Threw for 5,700 yards in high school and 68 touchdowns. And that's a guy that you do want. I would always take a guy that has the stats that's like 6'2", than a guy that's 6'4", and threw for you know 10 touchdowns in high school. Uh, but Joe's both. He's big, he's tall, and he threw for a ton of yards. Uh, so hopefully Joe can do it. You never know. We talked about this earlier in the season. Until the guy gets in and has a lot of time to perform, you just don't know how those practice quarterbacks are going to play in the game. So really excited to see him tonight. If uh, you know if he's struggling, then you, you go with probably Cody Wilstead. Man, who knows about Cody? Uh, hasn't seen the field this year. We know a little bit about Coy. If Coy makes it in, Coy had that uh, game against Utah State. 
only went seven for 20 that game for 91 yards with three picks. I think Coy is actually a much better quarterback than that. But I'm excited as anybody to see just how these quarterbacks play tonight. Stopping the run will certainly be key for the BYU defense. The Cougars give up 170 yards on the ground. How can BYU keep this UNLV rushing attack in check, which is really good? Yeah, you know, UNLV offense is putting up twice the points of BYU, averaging 30 a game. And they average 253 yards on the ground per game. And it all starts with Lexington Thomas. Uh, man, he's already got 1,000 yards. But, you know, his, his yards per carry, 6.5. I mean, that's something, 6.5 in college. Uh, so you got to make them throw. you got to make Stanton and uh, Rodgers throw it. I mean, th- they look like they're capable passers, but I think you got to just try to make them throw a lot more, and, and hopefully you can, can contain Lexington. Nate, great stuff. I appreciate the time. Just real quick, what's the uh, how, how much blue are you seeing in the uh, in the stadium? So it's before the the majority of fans have gotten here, of course, and it seems like the BYU fans tend to show up uh, earlier than the home crowd. So right now, I see blue everywhere throughout the stadium, and uh, it's uh, it's probably like five to one BYU fans. So not going to hold, but there are going to be a ton of BYU yes, fans here. You know, I mean, always in those Vegas polls, you know, BYU packs the house. So I'm expecting, you know, even with the rough season. Uh, 10,000, 15,000. So it should be a good crowd here for BYU. Nate, great stuff. Uh, enjoy your time in Vegas, and hopefully we're enjoying a BYU victory tonight. Thanks, man. Great. Thanks, Chase. You bet. On the other side, my conversation with Rebel head coach Tony Sanchez. That's next on Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Jason Shepard with you. Welcome back to Cougar Pregame Live. We're getting ready for BYU and UNLV. Earlier this week, I talked with the head coach of the Rebels, Tony Sanchez. Coach Sanchez is in his third season at the helm of the Rebel football program. He had been a longtime coach at Bishop Bishop Gorman High School in the Vegas area before taking the UNLV job in 2015. He is definitely an energetic guy. Here's my chat with the head Rebel, Tony Sanchez. I was actually talking with Ed Lamb throughout the course of the interview. He mentioned not only did you guys know each other, but you guys actually grew up together and went to school together. What's so funny about it, as soon as he said that, I said, oh, do you have any uh, any fun stories you can tell us about Tony? And he immediately shut that down, Coach. He says, here's the thing. We know each other, and if I know stories about him, he knows stories about me, and I'm not going there. <laughs> exactly. Good for him. I'm glad he, he started it off the right way. <laughs> no, I've known him and his family for a long time. I mean, yeah, middle school together, played against each other in high school. And you know what? He's a, he's a friend, great man, and, uh, you know, we've had a great relationship. So really proud of all the things he's accomplished and uh, I'm glad he's doing so well. How are things going for you there at UNLV? You know, it's going. You know, he's, um, you know it's been an interesting year, kind of like by, sitting on a roller coaster, you know. Uh, you know, coming here a couple of years ago, we had a mission to turn this program around and get it moving in the right direction. And slowly but surely, we were, we're winning more games, and you know, we're doing some really good things off the field, in the classroom, and just you know, program things, just creating some stability and moving. And you know, we're, we're finally in a November that that matters. We have some opportunity here in this month which we haven't had really before, so that's kind of exciting. But you know, there's a a lot of progress still needs to be made. I mean, you know, we really stubbed our toe week one coming out of the gates and, you know, came to balance the next week with a big win and, you know, had a tough one at Ohio State and got another win. You're sitting there at 500 and had a couple tough losses in a row, especially the one at Air Force where we had such a, you know, large lead up 30 to 
seven in that game and end up losing it. And, you know, the thing I'm so proud about is our guys. It, the culture has really changed here because there's just no quitting. They, they show up every day and they go to work. And each game we've, we've walked into the locker room at halftime with a chance to win in every game but the Ohio State game. And that's been a big, big change. And we've just got to do a better job of finishing. So that's kind of what we're in the process right now. But it's been fun. Love the group of guys I'm working with. That's a great university, great time to live in. And uh, just blessed to have the opportunity. You guys uh, right now playing well on a two-game winning streak, and you mentioned there's still things to play for, an opportunity for a bowl game, depending on how this season goes. Overall, how, how do you view the 4-5 and five record? You know what, overall, you know, for us in the building, disappointing. You know, proud of, proud of the fact that we're sitting here um, at four after the first half of the season because it would have been real easy for our guys to say, here we go again, and kind of have that old mantra around here that's been at UNLV for so long. But they haven't. They've dug in and fought. So we're really proud that we're, that we're at four right now, but very disappointed that we're at four because there's some games we really let get away. I mean, again, you know, the week one game against Howard, and, you know, you lose a 43-40 to 40 game, a game where, you know, you have a first and 10 on the 20 going in, and you fumble and they scoop and score. You missed two field goals in that game. You have a turnover inside the 10-yard line. You have five false starts in the red zone going in. Um, you fumble a kick return. They recover and score off it. I mean, I think it was 31 points on, on um, unforced errors that we gave up in that game or, or changed the game that we didn't score. So that was a big, big deal. So extremely disappointed in that. And, and then, again, you know, you get the Air Force game where, you know, you have a 30-7 to lead. You're playing really well. And, you know, you have an opportunity to, you know, on a third and 24 on defense that they convert. And then you have a chance where you've got the ball you're going down and you're going to score a touchdown and put the game away and you fumble it into the end zone they recover go down and score and win and I mean, there's so many little things that you know if you control and just play a little bit better you know you're at least the two more wins and um, the rest of them could have been toss-up so you know it's a learning experience again for this program you know we've had two winning seasons in 20 years um you know, we're winning a lot more games now you know, at this point in three years than we have in a long time. But, you know, it's not where you want to be. You know, you want to be fighting for the Western Division. You want to be fighting for a Mount West Championship. And, you know, you want bowl games to be put away by now. But they're the same goals that everybody in the country has. So not everyone can do it. And, you know, we're fighting to be one of those teams. The story of Johnny Stanton is so cool. Former defensive yeah. player who's now started the past two games at quarterback. He's 2-0. and oh. What is the story behind that? You know, it's funny. I've known Johnny for a long time since back at Santa Margarita, and he was one of the top quarterbacks in the country coming out. His team was preseason number one in the country, USA Today, and, and he tore his knee, I believe, the second game of the season. Still had not, you know, he was still highly sought after quarterback, went to Nebraska, coaching change there, didn't really work out, went to Saddleback Junior College, and kind of got his career going again. And I led those guys to a national title game, was uh, Juco National Player of the Year, at least in California. Um, and we were able to get him, which was huge. And the plan was to have him come in and be our starter, and he did. He started for the first four games uh, that he was here for us, and unfortunately he tore his knee in a tough uh, Idaho overtime loss. And we had a really talented, you know, freshman named Armani Rogers that, you know, just outperformed him in spring football and in the summertime, and Johnny ends up being a two-slash-three. And, you know, tough, tough deal. Well, he came to us during the season and said, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm athletic, you know, I'm physical got to be something I can do, special teams, something. And so we did. We got him going on special teams, and he blocked a punt against San Jose. And uh, we, we lost two little linebackers. We had one Terranee in camp, and the other one's been out the last bunch of weeks. So Will Finn there, so we said, hey, let's get him going at Will. And sure enough, he has to come in that Utah State game and play a bunch. Played a little against the Air Force, played a bunch against Utah State. And then Armani goes down, and, you know, as we sat down with the staff, and so we'll give us the best chance to win, and it was Johnny. And thank goodness he has the character he does. Um, he's such a selfless guy, such a great teammate, and never put his head down, was always team, team, team. And, 
because of that, he was able to just transition right back into that quarterback role and, and hit the ground running. It's safe to say you're going to, I mean, is that the plan to start him again against BYU this week? It is. Yeah, it is. You know, again, we're getting Armani ready, and, you know, Armani's showing all the great things he can do this year. So, you know, there's going to be opportunities to get him in in all the games. Uh, but Johnny will start. The rushing numbers that the team's putting up, quite honestly, Coach, ridiculous. How pleased are you with the overall offensive production this season? You know, I, I, I'm I'm pleased with it. I think there's at times we've sputtered a little bit, you know, in some of the second halves of some of those games in the middle of the season. If we were a little bit more productive offensively, um, you know, you put some of those games away. But we've done some really good things. You know, Coach Garrison, our line coach, has done a great job. And one of the big things I felt like coming into this job, when everybody's got different philosophies, is we we're going to have to become a more physical football team if we we're going to have a chance to win week in and week out. And it all starts up front with your offensive line. So I think we've done a good job of going out and recruiting some really good blue-collar tough kids. We've got a, a good handful of backs back there that are more than capable. Um, heck, our starter went down at the beginning of the year, and, you know, and Lex, who basically is a starter too, but they're kind of a slash. Charles Williams is a freshman, broke our school record for freshman last year, hasn't played since week one, and Lexington's come in and just had a tremendous season. So it's good to see us be able to run the football because that's something we really struggled with the first year we were here. What are your overall thoughts on this Cougar team that you'll face Friday night? You know, I know Kalani, he's a great guy, and, you know, and I know BYU football real well. I actually had an opportunity to go speak at their coaching clinic when I was the Bishop Gorman coach. So beautiful university and city, and it's got such a great history and tradition. And, you know, I listened to his press conference, and one of the things that Kalani said was that, you know, it's a, it's a team full of Eagle Scouts and returned missionaries. And, you know, I, I listened to that. I'm like, yeah, he's right. You know, people that have done that have that type of uh, sacrifice and service. They're not going to quit. So when you look at their roster, they're, they're a big physical group, always are uh, up front, you know, D-line and linebackers and that offensive line. Um, the, you know, they've lost a lot of games, but when you look at the scores, they've had a lot of opportunities in a lot of those games. So, you know, even last week against, you know, Fresno, it's just a one, you know, one-score game. So it's going to be an interesting matchup. I know they're going to be big. They're going to be physical. You know, it'll be interesting to see what they, they finally decide to do with the quarterback position. Uh, but either one of those kids does bring something to the table. Um, and they're going to be fired up. You know, I mean, I, there's the old saying, well, you know, you got nothing to lose. We all have something to lose. You know, I mean, and they're going to be playing for pride. They're going to be playing for their university. They're going to be playing for their alumni, their fans. And so there's going to be no lack of motivation on their part. And we've got to make sure we go ahead and match that physicality and that effort. How does the change of quarterback with whoever they go with, how does that change how you view the offense or prepare for the offense? Well, you know, you go back and you watch some of the games. Like we watched the Wisconsin game, you know, where Hogue, um, you know, he, he started that game. And the, both those guys can run the ball a little bit. And I know with, uh, you know, Magnum being banged up as much as he was the last couple of weeks, you know, that, that was not part of their offensive game plan. They weren't running read zone. They weren't running quarterback sweep, things like that. They're going to do some of that this week. We're going to see some wildcat. You know, I'm assuming, but, you know, I think it's a pretty good, you know, assumption. You're going to see some wildcat stuff. You're going to see some read zone. You're going to see the quarterback, you know, add himself into the run game along with them throwing the ball down the field. So um, they throw the ball more than any team we've played this year. They have more pass attempts and they throw out a higher percentage. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised a little bit at least to see that come a little bit more to a balanced attack and, and then try to be real physical. What are you talking to your team about? What are those things that, that you just think, you know what, if we do this, we will be successful. For us, it's just the details. You know, we've talked about, you know, improving our game and our kick coverages, and we've done that the last bunch of weeks, and it's really helped us. done a much better job there. You know, defensively, communication. we just got to do a really good job of communicating. You know, a couple of weeks back, we gave up uh, – 
really two big freebie touchdowns and, and miscommunication and misalignments on defense. Those things can occur. You know, it's unacceptable. So I've done a better job with that. That's got to continue. You know, and then offensively, got to continue to be able to throw the ball on first down and be productive on third down. So, you know, we've really, really worked on that and harped on that. And, and I think we I think we fixed the problem coming out, you know, in the second half and, and playing four quarters of intelligent football. But really it just comes down to details. You know, it's you know, we've got a lot of young guys out there. I think as the season's gone on, they've grown up and they've got a better football IQ. But I think that's the biggest thing right there, you know, those, those different things that I mentioned. He's the head coach of the UNLV Rebels, Tony Sanchez. Coach, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Yep, look forward to seeing you guys. Take care. There we go. The head coach of the UNLV Rebels, Tony Sanchez. We wrap up Cougar pregame live next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Final segment of Cougar Pregame Live. Jason Shepard with you in our Provo studios. We'll get you down to Sam Boyd Stadium coming up in just a few minutes. Let's get you caught up on some other scores going on right now in the sports world. There actually is another college football game going on right now. 11 minutes to go in the fourth quarter at Cincinnati. Temple leading the Bearcats by a score of 35 to 17. Right around the same time our game will kick off. There is a matchup between number 9 Washington on the road at Stanford. I'll update you on that game throughout the evening. One college basketball score for you. UVU on the road at number 5 Kentucky. The Wolverines actually played uh, the Wildcats quite tough. They ended up losing by 10. Kentucky gets the victory 73-63, to but a pretty nice showing for UVU. Isaac Nielsen, the former Cougar, scoring 10 points, 9 rebounds, and 3 steals in the loss for UVU. And it is opening night, game one of the regular season for BYU women's basketball. They are right next door to where I'm at, at the Marion Center. They are hosting Southern Utah. It is halftime, and BYU is up 3, 34-31. Cassie broadhead DeVagere leading the Cougars in scoring with 10 points. All right, that's going to be a wrap for Cougar Pregame Live. Coming up next, it's the Zions Bank Cougar Pregame Coaches Show with Greg Rubel and Kalani Satake. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Time to get Coach Kalani Satake's thoughts on today's game. It's the Cougar Pre-Game Coaches Show, presented by Science Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. I grew up a big BYU fan. I got to play here, and now I'm the coach. I live every day with a lot of gratitude and just happy in the position that I'm in. Now, let's join Mark Lyons and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good evening, Cougar football fans, and welcome inside Sam Boyd Stadium in Las Vegas, Nevada. As for the first time since 2009, the BYU Cougars visit the UNLV Rebels, the home team playing to keep alive its postseason hopes. The visitors fated to play the role of spoiler as BYU will see its 12-season bowl streak come to an end, destined for a losing season, the first such campaign in 13 years. I'm Greg Grubel. I'll have tonight's play-by-play. Assisted, as always, by my broadcast partner and dear friend, the Cougar signal caller from back in the day, the Arvada a flash, Mark Lyons. And Mark, uh, we've called games together for 17 seasons now. We've been on the same broadcast crew for 26 seasons now. We've never been in this position. 
destined to stay home for the holidays and locked into a sub-500 record with as many as three games to play still. It's an unfamiliar feeling and not a pleasant yeah. one. Yeah. I hope no one takes for granted all the winning BYU's been doing over the years because a losing season like this one is just no fun. BYU fans just don't know how to deal with this kind of a season, Greg. You know, the way you explain, 26 years. Man, that's remarkable. It's just uh, crazy. And there have been years where you might lose to Utah or Utah State, and then, you know, those things happen. But to lose to in-state schools, and then you lose to East Carolina, Fresno State, and be underdogs to UNLV, man, that has people pounding on the dinner table for no known reason at all. That's me. We've all had our backs to the wall in some situation of some kind, Greg. And so you evaluate your options, you choose a direction you want to go, and then you got to make it happen. And BYU's had plenty of good success. They've been great. But with a change in coaching staff this last uh, year, everybody expected this next level to come on and be a step ahead. And that's the thing that's pretty challenging for you right now. And, uh, so now that the next step has to be next year, I'm quoting you, this is an unfamiliar feeling and not a pleasant one. There are three games remaining on the schedule. The Cougars have their backs to the wall, so they have to evaluate their options. They have to choose a direction, and that means they have to work hard, play together, and compete to the finish. they got to make it happen. Uh, I think that uh, with tomorrow being uh, Veterans Day, I've chosen George Patton as uh, my quote. George S. Patton. George S. Patton. And uh, he said, you need to overcome the tug of people against you as you reach for higher goals. So I I think that people have been tugging against uh, these players. And I think that social media has been an impact. So uh, I like that. So here we are in the city that never sleeps, Greg. The home to the Rat Pack. Wayne Newton, Elvis, Donnie and Marie. Man, I'll tell you, this is, this is where it's at. And so uh, it's our next chance to see some football. We had a nice sunny day today. I think there's a surprise in store for us tonight. I can't wait to see what it's going to be. Greg, my boy, what a great day for a football game. I'm excited. I was already, <laughs> you know, regularly pumped up, but I'm ready to roll now. By the way, you know what the S in Pat, uh, George S. Patton stands for? Oh, man, I do. Surly. Surly. Yeah, and salty and serious. He was all those things. All right, so coming up next, the pregame thoughts of BYU head coach Kalani Satake as the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show continues live from Las Vegas on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Here in Las Vegas for BYU and UNLV. Let's pause 10 seconds for stations to identify themselves on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. KBYU FM, HD2, Provo. You're listening to Cougar Sports on BYU Radio. Here at Sam Boyd Stadium, 2-8 and eight, BYU visiting 4-5 and five, UNLV. Both teams with three regular season games remaining. The Rebels get bowl eligible by winning two of three. They'll finish the regular season on the road at New Mexico and Nevada. BYU after tonight, heading home to host UMass on Senior Day next Saturday. Then the Cougs hit the road for Hawaii on Thanksgiving week. It's the closest BYU will come to a bowl game this season, a tropical destination on a holiday <laughs> week. Uh, the best BYU can do now is finish 5-8. and eight. The last time BYU ended a season, with more than eight losses. Now, they're at eight right now, right? Last time BYU had more than eight losses in a year, 1955. 
when the Cougars went one and nine. BYU's one and only double-digit loss season. We hope to not have to address this, but BYU's one and only season with 10 or more losses was 1949 when they went to 0-11 that year, and we certainly hope that that trivial note does not come into play at any point from here on out. That was a bad year for me, too. What happened in 1949? I was three. You were a cranky kid. Yeah, yeah. 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 And no one paid attention to me. Oh, and 11 back in 1949. Well, BYU's indeed in that stretch run right now. And uh, the Cougars' starting quarterback is once again done for the year with a season-ending injury. That's Tanner Mangum. And the number two quarterback is also out tonight. And as for what lies ahead, we'll have to see. But it doesn't look good right now as Bo Hodge is out tonight. So the starting quarterback for BYU will be a freshman. The backup quarterback will be a freshman. And Kalani Sitake confirmed that for me when I spoke with him in the Cougars locker room a short time ago. Bo's not going to be able to go, so we'll have Joe Critchell take the first snap, and uh, Cody Wilson will be behind him, and uh, just waiting to see if we need him. So uh, that's the way the quarterback position breaks down tonight, and um, you know, hopefully Joe can get it going. They've had a pretty good week of practice for those guys, so uh, it shouldn't be too new for them. I guess Coy Denver would be in the mix as, as a third as well, but it's tough to imagine a time when, when a freshman was backed up by a freshman at quarterback at BYU. Yeah, and both being returned missionaries, either, uh, you know, it doesn't help either. But, um, you know, I, I think the other guys will, will be able to rally around them, and uh, we have a, an experienced old line to work with. And so because of all that, it should be uh, – I, I still think we have a good chance to, for success and scoring a lot of points on offense. Fair to say they didn't get any work from Bo this week, so it was basically these guys going all week then, wasn't it? Yeah, pretty much uh, uh, Cody and Joe getting the bulk of the reps. And then uh, we, we were hoping that maybe Bo could be able to go and, and uh, just, you know, just – not going to risk it, and, and uh, he's not cleared to, to play either by the training room. Right. What can each do well, Joe and Cody? Both can throw the ball, and so uh, the only thing they lack is experience, and uh, sometimes they just need to get a shot, you know, so this is their opportunity, and, and uh, see if they, what they can do when the lights are on, and uh, when it's live and in front of a national audience, so we'll see how they can, how they can perform. Is your backfield the same as last week then, running backs-wise? Do you get anybody back this week? Uh, no, KJ's not going to be able to play either, and so um, we're, we're still with uh, Squally and, and um, you know, Squally and Riley and uh, Austin defenses. So those guys are going to be out to go. And, and Braden. Uh, Braden Obakri will be there too. So between the four of them, you'll see, uh, uh, you know, one of those guys getting reps at, at tailback. And uh, Braden and his brother will rotate at fullback. Squally had such a good week last week. Is he more of a lead back for you, do you think, this week, getting more carries? Or? I think so. I mean, I think it's, it's about time for him to, to take off, you know. And uh, I think Riley Burt's done some really good things in practice as well. And Mossy um, Confences keeps improving. So uh, if there's a time to do it, it's now, you know. So hopefully we get good production for the running backs. Because they're both RMs, do your QBs give you a little more sense of composure, even though they are only freshmen? Yeah, I think mentally they understand it. And they, 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 they have a level of confidence, you know. So I think that and, and having experience O-line um, helps them out a, a lot too. So there's a lot of receivers that are starting to emerge as, as targets. And so I think... Um, going into the game, I think Joe's pretty confident in what he can do. You talked about guys rallying. Is that a real thing this week where the team realizes you're up against it a bit with a couple of young guys? Let's get after it. Yeah, and, and, and you know those guys have nothing to lose, so I think it's also an opportunity for guys to uh, step up and, and help them make a name of themselves. But more than anything, just uh, coming together as a group and a team trying to find a way to get a win. How's your defense shaping up this week? Defensively, we should do good. I mean, I, I'd like to see more uh, production from the, the front. You know, I'd like to see them 
uh, disrupt. I, I said earlier, D-line will be key to stopping the run and the pass. And so hopefully we can get some disruption and get some uh, big-time plays and force some turnovers. 83, Boyd's a great wide receiver for UNLV, but they'd prefer um, to run it more than throw it. Yeah, but he, 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 also, he, he actually poses a huge threat, especially for deep balls. And you see what... Um, what Fresno was able to do last week. I think they, they did that a little bit with us, and so we have to keep them guessing. And, uh, you know, at times the best way to stop the pass game is just to eliminate the quarterback from throwing it. They play two quarterbacks. You probably see both guys tonight uh, Johnny Stanton, number four, and Armani Rogers, uh, number one, and both can run it. Yeah, both are capable, and Johnny's more of a power guy, but um, Rogers is also not, a, not a, a finesse running back. I mean, they're big guys, and so uh, at quarterback, those guys are running backs to QB that can actually throw the ball. and uh, so, you know, it's going to be a lot of disciplined football with us. They, they spread it out quite a bit, and they, they ch- test us with a spread option. Speaking of uh, Stanton, not too many quarterbacks in the country have eight tackles on their stat line and a block punt. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's a, a great athlete that can play on the other side of the ball and play special teams. And so, um, you know, he, he's a great athlete, and, and he's a power guy. So, uh, you know, we're we're going to have to really test 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 his uh, running ability against our defense and uh, be a huge, uh, huge uh, matchup for our linebackers. Fair to say strength against strength, their run game, your run defense? Yeah, that's what it'll come down to, and we'll see. Uh, I think with it being a little windy outside, maybe it'll yeah. come down to the running game on both sides. So uh, our, our ability to stop their run and their ability to go against our run. So we'll have to see what happens. It's BYU back in Vegas playing at UNLV for the first time in a long time. But for a lot of these fans that you'll have out there, they're used to seeing you guys play down here. Yeah, and uh, with all the bowl games and everything that's happened down here, we've had great following. We had a fan fest earlier this summer and, and um, early this year in the summer. And it was actually really good and well attended. So I'm hoping to see a lot of our fans tonight. All right, well, it's a good night for you guys. Kalani, good luck. Thank you. Go Cougs. All right, that's BYU head coach Kalani Sitake in the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show. So, Mark, the headline is uh, Joe Critchlow gets the start and Cody Wilstead backs up. So it's the third different starting quarterback for BYU this year. Last time that happened was 2012, Riley Nelson, Taysom Hill, James Lark. But technically, it's a fourth-string quarterback because one was... Tanner Mangum, two was Bo Hodge, three was Coy Detmer. Now, Coy didn't start a game, but he was a third stringer. So the first time BYU started a fourth string quarterback since my first season on the broadcast crew with you guys back in 1992 when number four was Ryan Hancock. Oh, wow. Wow. It went that year. It well, went, uh, no, it was actually, uh, no, it would have been, it would have been, you know, he would have been the third. The fourth was Tom Young in the bowl oh, game. Tom so Young it was, it was John ball, Walsh. Yeah. John Walsh, Steve Clements, Ryan Hancock, then Tom Young in the bowl game. So that's, okay, a, four, well, that, that's a fourth stringer, if you will, he, he did a long, okay. long time ago. Yeah, he did all right. BYU didn't win the game. No, but, they didn't win the game, but did okay. That was a pretty tough defense. There we go. All right, our preview of a BYU and UNLV proceeds from Sam Boyd Stadium in Las Vegas next on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Kickoff. Touchdown! He does it again! He's just around the corner. You're tuned to the Republic Wireless Cougar Kickoff Show. Republic Wireless. Life is better when we're connected. The Cougar Kickoff Show is also brought to you by your local Utah Honda dealers and by BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Now, let's head live to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Broadcast booth and join Mark Lyons along with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. 
Good evening once again from Sam Boyd Stadium here in Las Vegas, Nevada on a cool, windy night, a senior night for the Rebels as tonight the visiting BYU Cougars play the unfamiliar role of road underdog at UNLV. BYU's 8-0 all-time against the Rebels here in Vegas, making it 9-0 will require an improved effort over the one BYU gave last week at Fresno State, a team that lost at home to UNLV before beating BYU. I'm Greg Rubel, joined in our broadcast booth by game analyst Mark Lyons, engineer Barry Squires, spotter Doug Martin, statsman Ralph Sokolowski. Down on the field we have former Cougar wide receiver, return man, and academic All-American, <laughs> Nate Mickle. Nate reports from the Zions Bank end zone, Zions Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Nate joining us a little later on. Jason Shepard is our studio host. Our control board operator is Carter Malloy, and our broadcast intern on the road tonight is Tommy Johnson. Back in studio, we have Cole Wissinger and Paige Hunt-Barker. We are heard tonight on the new skin BYU Sports Network around the country on BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143 via satellite on the local airwaves back home. You can get us on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM in Salt Lake City. And you can also get us on our BYU Sports Network affiliates in Idaho and Utah. Globally, we're heard online via BYUradio.org, BYUcougars.com, KSL.com, and on the BYU Cougars app, the BYU Radio app, the KSL Radio app, the TuneIn app. Wherever you are this evening or Saturday morning or afternoon, whatever it is, we're happy to have you along. Now, once upon a time, BYU enjoyed a steady and orderly stream of success under center. Whether in the 80s with Nielsen to Wilson to McMahon to Young to Bosco and eventually on to Detmer, go to the 90s, Walsh to Sarkeesian to Federick. That was a pretty good run. In the 2000s, Beck to Hall over five successful seasons. BYU could depend on consistency and productivity at the quarterback spot. But since Max Hall left in 2009, it's been a revolving door at quarterback. Heaps, Nelson, Lark, Hill, Stewart, back to Hill, Mangum, Hill, Mangum, Hodge, Critchlow. So here we go again, and Cody Wilstead is the backup here tonight. Mark, every team deals with injuries to an extent every season, but uh, what BYU has dealt with over the last eight seasons helps you appreciate what the Cougars had to do to keep winning throughout all of the turmoil. But this season, the personnel woes have proved to be even a little too much for BYU to withstand this year. You know, there's just been a huge number of injuries, and we talked about it. There was over 22 in the two deep of people that have missed games, and, like, there were 14 in the starters that have uh, missed games. So when you have that many injuries, it is hard to deal with, but you do have your team to play with. You just have to fill them in and do the best you can. But I think that uh, this has been an unusual year, but you don't have to look far to see what troubles are created when you have injuries at quarterback. Utah this year had an injury, and they lost four in a row. Josh Rosen at UCLA, and, man, they haven't won since he went out of the game. Let's go to Aaron Rodgers with the Packers. My gosh, they're different just, team. They're completely different. They have nothing at all to go with right now. And so uh, I just think that uh, when you get your first team and your second team quarterbacks hurt, Boy, that's just too much to make any continuity in what you're doing out there. You know, when they're injured, they also miss the practice time while they're out. It's it's just a killer. It's not only a problem, of course, that uh, quarterbacks, they're part of the team. Everyone, they're part of that group. They're usually leaders in the practice field. And so uh, everybody has to work harder in order to make up for when you lose a quarterback on the team. 
More of the Republic Wireless Cougar kickoff show is coming up after the break. Stay in touch with nationwide smartphone coverage starting at $20 a month. Republic Wireless, better coverage in more places for less money. This is BYU Football Live from Las Vegas on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back inside Sam Boyd Stadium for BYU and UNLV. The Cougars playing out the string. Nothing really on the line but uh, pride and playing for the seniors to get a strong send-off. But, Mark, if there's one thing you've taught me over the years, and you've taught me more than one thing. I've learned so many things from you. It's that as long as there's a game to play and an opponent to face, that should be motivation enough. We'll see how deeply the Cougars take that particular sentiment to heart tonight and in the next two weeks. Boy, I agree, Greg, that attitude's number one. But I also like how you say what I said so much better than I say it. And I, I appreciate that. That's good. That's why we're a good team. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, man. So um, in order for them to be competitive, the attitude has to be, you know, tip-top. Uh, there's lots of reasons to be down. You got those injuries we talked about, different quarterback. It was another loss last week that you have to work through. And, you know, sometimes uh, people start to say, what's there to play for? Well, here's what I say. UNLV is a team on the schedule, and if you're a player, you'll go out there and you're going to play to win. Each player that represents BYU, they represent the school, they represent the fan base and the alumni, former players, and as a fan and a former player, I expect that every team member is going to do his part to go out there and win every football game that they have left on the schedule. I'm going to get a little excited here because when you like, I like what you said. When you have BYU out there on your chest, you go out there and represent the school and you're a teammate with everybody else that's out there. Every teammate out there pulls together to pull you through. General Patton also said, if a man does his best, what else is there? You, you just go give your best, and every coach and player has to do his best in order to win tonight. There it is. Break time once again as we step away. Let's get to You Be the Judge, brought to you by Legally Mine. Legally Mine equals asset protection. Go to LegallyMineUSA.com to learn what you can do to stop lawsuits dead in their tracks. Here's tonight's football rules scenario. Second and ten at the attacking team's own 30-yard line. During the running back's run near the sideline, the headlinesman rules at the back step out of bounds at the 36-yard line, but the runner continues to run and scores a touchdown. Replays show that the running back did not step out of bounds. Is this reviewable, and what is the ruling? The answer is coming up next as the Republic Wireless Cougar Kickoff Show continues live from Las Vegas on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. All right, so we're back at Sam Boyd Stadium here in Las Vegas. BYU and UNLV meeting for the first time since 2014 in Provo. It's the first meeting here in Vegas since 2009. BYU's won the last seven games all time between these two teams. Time to get the answer in tonight's NCAA football rules question now. It's You Be the Judge, brought to you by Legally Mine. Here was tonight's football rules scenario. Second and ten at the attacking team's own 30-yard line. During the running back's run near the sideline, the headlinesman rules the back stepped out of bounds at the 36, but the runner continues to run and scores a touchdown. Replays show that the running back did not step out of bounds. Is this reviewable, and what is the ruling? And the ruling is not reviewable, as the play is dead when the runner is ruled out of bounds, even if the official was wrong. Award the ball to the attacking team at the 36-yard line, where the official said he went 
out even though he didn't. And that's life, and life's not fair sometimes. <laughs> you be the judge, presented by Legally Mine. In a season of struggle, Mark, uh, one of the bright spots has been the play of a guy who may end up as a freshman All-American. The player is tight end Matt Bushman. He leads BYU in targets, receptions, and receiving yards. He has set the BYU freshman tight end records for catches and yards already this season. Counting all BYU freshmen, all time, regardless of position, he's fourth in catches and sixth in receiving yards with still three games to play. He's on pace to be the first BYU tight end to lead the Cougars in receptions and receiving yards in the same season since Dennis Pitta in 2009. Mark, no matter who the quarterback is tonight or next week or next season, he's got a great option in Matt Bushman. What do you see that could make Matt one of the better, if not, uh, well, yeah, one of the better tight ends we've seen play for, uh, for BYU? Well, and, and isn't that something? Because along with quarterback being really good at BYU, uh, BYU's been really good at tight end. And uh, I w- could go through and list, but there there was such a huge list of all-conference, all-American tight ends. There was just too many to deal with. And so uh, I think that Matt Bushman does have a great opportunity. And he's 6'5", 230 pounds, and he's catching, he catches the ball. He makes the easy catch and the tough ones. So when you talk about good size, good speed, and he's a good athlete. He also plays baseball, which really helps, I think, in his eye-hand coordination. That's why he catches so many footballs. He makes the tough catches. So the fact that he also is able to play another sport and it helps his football, I think that really adds to it. It complements what he's able to do. But he, he's also a humble kid, you know. When he was uh, being interviewed earlier this season, he said, I haven't done anything yet. So he's a team player. He's not looking for the glory. He just wants to be a part of it. Size, speed, athletic, good hands, humble. Yeah, it's all the those package. The things that really make him a good, good guy and a good player. Because of where he plays, his position, and how good he's been at that position, and the fact that BYU's starting a freshman with his first ever start, I'm thinking Joe Critchlow is going to want to be friends with Matt Bushman tonight. <laughs> That's right. You're right. Uh, they're both about the same situation. Freshman return missionaries. Yeah. That's a guy you can count on tonight, and uh, Matt Bushman will see what uh, Critchlow and or Wilstead do tonight with their uh, opportunity if Cody gets one. Again, the hope is Joe starts and looks great and plays the whole yeah. game, and BYU That's wins, and uh, we go home happy. That's All right. Uh, Coming up, we'll hear from Nate Mickle down at field level as our pregame coverage of BYU and UNLV continues live from Las Vegas. This is the Republic Wireless Cougar Kickoff Show on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Back here at Sandboy Stadium in Las Vegas for and BYU now, ladies and gentlemen. We ask that all the gentlemen please remove their caps and direct your attention to the Stars and Stripes, the flag of freedom that is presented by the Honor Guard. As we honor America, please welcome Miss Kiara Lynn to sing our national anthem. Say, can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming? Whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fights or the realm 
streaming and the rockets red glare the bombs bursting in air gay through through the night that our flag was still there oh say Spangled banner, yeah, or the land of the free and the home of the brave. All right, getting a set for BYU. You and UNLV Rebels four and five on the year. They've won back-to-back -back games. Cougars two and eight. They've not won consecutive games at any point this season. Rebels have a generous defense on the season, but in the last two weeks, they've allowed only 16 and 23 points. BYU's averaging on offense just 15 per game. UNLV scored 26 or more in the last four. They scored 30 or more five times this year. UNLV, big, strong quarterbacks, plural. We could see two of them tonight. The Rebels have a thousand-yard rusher this season, a running back and one of the most productive wideouts in the NCAA over his four-year career. Devontae Boyd. BYU may be asked, Mark, to do a lot of counter-punching tonight. Yeah. So Kalani hopes they come out swinging at least. Yeah, I agree that uh, they are going to have to keep up with them when they uh, end up giving up points. But uh, UNLV is building and improving each year since it hired Tony Sanchez. Now, Tony Sanchez uh, was an extremely successful coach at a high school here in Las Vegas called Bishop Gorman. They've been nationally ranked year after year. In uh, 2015, his first year, three wins. Last year was four wins. And right now, he's got four wins with three left to play. So I think that uh, they are on track, feel pretty good about what he's been able to accomplish. I, I really like their offensive line. UNLV is some big, solid, experienced players, very confident, and they really run the football extremely well. So that's going to be the key is BYU's got to be able to match up with that front and be able to reduce their success in running the football game. All right, down to Nate Mickle in the Zions Bank end zone. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Nate, you're among the many BYU players with fond memories of this stadium and playing UNLV in the bowl games here. History doesn't mean much for the current guys, but uh, I know the BYU fans in the stands are hoping that their guys can recapture the magic of seasons past here at Sam Boyd. Yeah, you alluded to some of that. BYU held Jonathan Stewart, NFL running back, to 25 yards here. Blocked a 28-yard field goal, a gimme chip shot to win the Vegas Bowl yeah. in 2007. And the odds are against BYU tonight. They're going to need some historic plays to get the win. Kickoff is coming up after this. This has been the Republic Wireless Cougar Kickoff Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.